Victor and Nick. Nick and Victor, we are here on Megasheen for another great episode. You don't have to sound so I know tired about it. <laughs> I'm just tired because it's I, I I got a coffee in my hand. I don't even drink coffee, so this is like a naked coffee, a black coffee. I'm just drinking. Uh, no, okay. Now, hold on. Why? Why is it a, a naked coffee? Because there's no sugar or cream in it. <sighs> okay, so it's gonna be one damn episode. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on. So yeah, it's been a long day for me, but you know, we, we're glad to be here. It's not about not being not being glad to be here. It's just a hoe is tired. But we are here today. We have a lot to talk about. Nick, how are you doing? I am doing pretty good. I recently started, um, actually this week, started training for a 10K mm. in July. Oh, Lord. So, yeah, 10K is like 6.1, 6.2 miles. Mm -hmm. So it's not terribly long. I've done a 10K like in training when I do like long runs. Mm -hmm. um, so that's going. Oh, it's going. <laughs> Uh, what else? I'm still going through Dear White People. I'm mm -hmm. on, I think, like, episode seven. Okay. Well, you're almost there. I'm, yeah, I'm just about finished. Um, what else? I started uh, The Golden Girls. I had never watched uh, episodes of The Golden Girls Lord before. Him. What? Like, yeah. <gasps> what? I had, ne I had never before, like, before this year. Mm -hmm. I had never watched any episodes of The Golden Girls. So, what, what do you think so far? It's hilarious. It is. And then I hate, like, it'll be funny, and then all of a sudden, it'll hit you with, like, a serious-ass tone, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden, you're crying. Yeah. Some I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, some of the stories, like, about Sophia and her past, or sometimes Rose used to get me, because, you know, Rose, she's just, you know, especially the way Charlie died with Charlie. Uh -huh. That's not funny, but yeah, just thinking about all that, you want them all to be happy, and yeah, and so yeah, but yeah, I I used to watch it. Well, y'all know I'm old, so I used to watch it when it was on, and that was a Saturday night. That was Saturday night, but you know we were young, so we had nowhere to go. So that was our Saturday night was watching Golden Girls and Empty Nest, right? And then it's, what was on HBO? It's a really good show. Mm -hmm. Uh, what else am I doing? I finished a game called Thomas was there. No, Thomas was alone. Ooh. Uh, it was a. I think it came out about four or five years ago. That's like a porn. And it's uh, by an indie developer. Mm -hmm. And it's basically like these shapes, like a like a rectangle, a square. These types of shapes that have names and they have different abilities. Okay. And you're just going from one uh, puzzle to the next. The puzzles are not that long at all they're really easy but it was a good game because you have like a narrator going through and it makes you care for these shapes that actually don't have any kind of personality or anything about them mm -hmm. it was it was odd but it's it's almost in the same vein as a uh, journey or something like uh, the unfinished swan that kind of indie vein, indie developer vein. Uh, now, mind you, it's still, like I said, it's an older game. So I played it on the PS3. Mm -hmm. But other than that, um, 
that's all that's going on over here. Mm-hmm. What about you? Well, um, what am I doing? So, as I said before, we've been a little bit busy this week, and so I'm just trying to, you know, get caught up on that. Um, what else? Comic Con is coming, so I am making sure that money is right for that. Um, they'll be here around the corner, and we're just waiting to hear back from panels. So I'm hoping that a panel that I want to do, um, something similar to last year, where is is black queers talking about their geek experience. Hopefully, they get accepted again. I would love to have another, you know, second year in a row, make it annual. Um, but gotta get everything ready for that. Um, and what else is going on? Summer's here. Well, technically, it's not here yet, but it feels like it. So I've been enjoying the weather. And I am um, currently trying to write a novel based off my webcomic Strange Lore. Writing novels is tough. Especially if you're not doing it from first person. If you first person is always, I thought that was easier. I've written a, a novel before, never published it, but it was easier to write first person. But when you're not writing first person, it, it's uh, it's something else. So I try to do a little bit at a time. Um, and I've been inspired just because of there's a lot of great books featuring people of color and for young adults that are out right now. And I have, I feel like, oh, why not try? Why not give it a try? Why not? So I'm trying to do it. And it's easy because the script has been written. So all I'm really doing is kind of basing it from what I've already wrote. Um, but you have to kind of change the, the, the tenses. So like when you write a script, it's all present. It's present time. Like you, like she runs and he knocks. In books, it's like, or she ran. It's all kind of past. So it's like you have to kind of get your mind set on like, oh, I'm not writing present, I'm writing past. It's, it's kind of... It's interesting. So that's been fun to do. And that is about it. CrossFit is kicking my butt. And I realized I have to add, I just went for a health test. And I was told that, you know, I have to add cardio back into my workout. I mean, you have cardio with CrossFit, but not a lot all the time. Uh-huh. So I was like, you need to add um, cardio. They said, you lost a lot of weight when you did cardio. I was like, I did. They said, do you still do it? I was like, not really. (laughs) So uh, I said, I mostly lift. They was like, no, you need to add cardio back in. So I'm adding cardio back in. Get that cardio in. It's tough, though. But, but you know, if the guys are cute enough, I'll be able to stick with it. Sometimes that helps. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to look into getting um, another personal trainer Mm -hmm. here soon. Get some... I think I might have plateaued and I need some somebody to, you know, Shake detail up. what I need to do in order to achieve my fitness goals. Mm-hmm. Well, you already halfway there, swimsuit body. But <laughs> don't, don't do all that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I, I get that because you do want to shake it up sometimes. So. Right. Exactly. You do want to do it. Well, I guess... We will get into, you know, Aunt May's Tea. It's been a lot going on. Um, we didn't put this on our list, but, you know, the upfronts did happen. Um, it's still kind of happening. Oh, they were deadly. They they were, but we can talk a little bit about that because if y'all noticed, there's not, it seemed to be very uh, kind of evil towards a lot of the sci-fi and fantasy stuff. It was like snatch them away. And there's a few coming in, but not like it used to be. Yes, yeah, so 
let's go th- uh, through a couple of them. Yeah. I know a lot of these older shows, like old shows, are getting renewed. Like mm-hmm. Magnum P.I., mm-hmm. Murphy Brown. Like, mm-hmm. who was asking? Who was sitting around the table asking for a revival of Murphy Brown? Well, apparently with this Murphy Brown, it's, it's more of, you know, she's been, she didn't have anything to do until the election. That's what it is. It's like after Trump's election, she has been motivated to come back. So that's what this show is going to be about, her coming back and really bringing in some of her old school beliefs with this new generation. Which I, I, you know, I can see like, oh, you know, here comes someone from Generation... No, she was, she's not Generation X, but she's Baby Boomers, I think. And she's coming in now with this new generation that may not be... They don't see eye to eye when it comes to those to politics, and we'll see if they even address you know white feminism because I feel like that's something that they should address since she is a white woman. Um, so, so you know that's gonna that that could be cute, but yeah, I'm with you. Who did ask for that? But we could be surprised. Um, the Magnum PI thing was cute because Jay Hernandez is he is looking good, and I like that picture of him in the car. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't wearing the shorts. <laughs> oh well, I missed that one. Well, see, I grew up with I grew up with Magnum PI, and he always had these short shorts. Um, and you know, it's eighties, so men were wearing inappropriate clothes back then. But he's not; he's wearing khakis. But again, it's Jay, and so it's going to be interesting. And if those who don't know, um, Jay Hernandez, and I'm saying his last name wrong, so I apologize. But he was um, um, the old what was he was El Diablo. And um, Suicide Squad. So. Um, oh yeah, he was, and he was. Uh, he had a little um, arc story arc on Scandal. Oh, he showed it. So, yeah, so you got to see him. You know, get the bed, Olivia. Um, right. In certain parts. So yeah, he's gonna be in there. <laughs> True, but we also saw <laughs> sci sci fi kind of got rid of the Expanse, and they got rid of another sci fi show. Um, not Killjoys, but they got rid of another show too. I think it is kill. I can't remember which one. They got rid of some of their shows, um, which was kind of interesting because people wasn't, you know, didn't want those to go. But they're making room for, you know, continuing things like Sharknado, which works. Can't shade it. It works. People are watching it. Um, I mean, I guess. But yeah, it's not a lot of, they. you know, at one point we're getting a lot of superhero shows or something like that. And after, I feel like um, Inhumans was the... (laughs) What's the Achilles heel? They knew good and goddamn well Inhumans was not going to get renewed. I don't know who told them story tales. <laughs> yeah, that that was a fail. And, you know, it doesn't need to come back. It doesn't need to come back. Um, in fact, that could have been something that Thanos did when he snapped his fingers. He got rid of the Inhumans. Um, right. But interesting enough, they're going to bring in the... Um, the, not the element I can't say it it's another group that's similar to them and they're coming in which is going to be interesting to see um we'll talk more about that as we get more information about this new group but they're they're kind of they're like they're like kind of gods they're like the new gods for Marvel uh-huh. um the one that I love is Cersei because she used to be an Avenger but anyway um, so yeah it wasn't too kind to a lot of fantasy stuff now CW is really you know darkening up their thing because they have a couple of new shows that they are not really white <laughs> um, they're bringing back but they bring back some oldies though 
So, um, you know, they're going to they're going to kind of bring up another spinoff of Vampire Diaries called Legacies. Uh, it's basically the New Mutants. It's a it's a school for supernatural kids. <laughs> and two of the members of the original um, Vampire Diaries will be the headmasters of this school. Uh. So you can, t- but I feel like they're going to be able to do that and the gifted, you know, on the gifted, you know, station. Because, uh, yeah, the gift is on Fox. Yeah, it's on Fox, but I feel like I want to say like, I'm trying to say like the night, like, you know, when people say like the on, um, what you call it's internet when they always say like on um, Gore's internet I'm trying to think of a new jazzy way to say gifted because gifted is kind of winning a lot and so like are we going can we have enough room for two type of shows that are somewhat similar-ish so I don't know we'll see how it goes but um, that's something that they're bringing in um, they also bring in Roswell if you remember Roswell was like one of the first WB shows about aliens were they going to do it a little bit different with Latinos so they could eh. We'll see, but they also bringing it back, bringing back charm with Latinas as the witches. So you know they're kind of going down this. Uh, you remember the end of the '90s? It was kind of that Latin explosion where they're kind of doing that again. So all of it's coming back. All of it's coming back again. Right. <laughs> I know. Well, we didn't talk about, but on Fox when Fox had canceled. A Brooklyn Nine Nine, and there was this big uproar and this mm-hmm. outcry of people wanting it wanting it back on the station. So Brooklyn Nine-Nine actually got picked up because of the people complaining about it. Mm-hmm. They got picked up to ABC, wasn't it? Uh, NBC, yeah. NBC? Yep. Okay. Which makes sense because what's his name who used to be on Saturday Night Live is kind of the, the lead character. So I guess it's kind of like, well, you know, he's coming home. You know, Adam Sandberg, right. he kind of got started around there. Um, but the show was like a hit. Like it was... It wasn't like failing, so I, I don't yeah, people, know. People really gravitated towards it, and a lot of the what made it work was this comedy, especially it. Um, one of the main characters, I think the chief was he, he was queer. Yeah. I think he was bisexual. Yeah, either the, gay or bisexual. He was gay, but um, then there was another character who was bisexual. Okay, yeah, that's it. And it didn't use their sexuality as the stereotypical mm-hmm. co- comedic joke mm-hmm. so the the writing i've been told was funny and smart <laughs> so it's worth i mean i might check it out on yeah. a random night if it's as funny as everybody says it is yeah you know i people say it is like i see a lot of memes and so yeah you know on netflix if you know whatever if i just stuff like leaving the house i might just you know put on a couple episodes and see how it goes um i did that with new girl and new girl's actually a little funny so you know i you know you never know um but what fox did make room for is one of those tim allen shows and i feel and i feel like what's happening now and there's another show that's based off of a irish family um i feel like what they're doing now is trying to bank on the belief that white people want to watch tv again you know (laughs) And so they want to bring in these shows they know that people who are like Trump voters or whatever would like, like how Roseanne. But they need to be careful because Roseanne has dropped in viewership big time. That's what she deserves. Right. So that's why I'm like, don't bank on that too much, y'all, because 
again, at the end of the day, we still want to see diversity on TV. And if we don't get it from... Why don't we give a fuck about them? True. And I feel like that's why the that's why the cable channels are winning because we get it there. If we don't give it to us, I mean, think about it. Um, the the creator of Blackish is going over to Netflix, I think, and then you got Shonda's going over to Netflix. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, they just need to get it together and realize that you. I understand y'all want to have white people watch your shows, but you also need to reflect the times too. And it's we're watching the TV. We putting all the money in the stuff. I mean, goodness, we kept. ABC alive on th- we we turned Thursdays around for ABC. They used to be all NBC. We made Thursdays basically I mean, must see TV. Because of Shonda, yeah, and live tweeting. That's why ABC was winning. Yes, she had a whole, she had a whole hour and a half, or no, two, three hours. She had three hours mm-hmm. where she dominated. Yeah. So once that's gone, what else are you gonna put there? Hmm. Well, I hope they figure that out. Because <laughs> they don't. They're going to be right back where they started. Um, but CBS kind of released some stuff today. They have some more diverse shows coming up, too. So, you know, I mean, as we talk about Murphy Brown, but there's other diverse shows they have listed there, too. So I, I, who knows? Maybe they're trying to we'll see what really happens. Um, we do know that um, our favorite, um, Gina Torres, her show, a spinoff of Suits, is coming on. So they made sure that was going to happen. Because <laughs> she's a popular character that people really like, um, and so and, as well as actress. So you know, we'll see how it goes. Um, at the end of the day, diversity matters. So I hope and represent representation matters too. So I really hope that we get some good TV this year. And now y'all need to let Arrow go. It shouldn't even have another season. But that's just my personal opinion. You know, I couldn't get past like the first, the first season. And we've talked about it before. Yeah. The that whole trope of the rich white man coming to save the poor pity people. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not I'm not down with that. You Ollie, you and your bow can shove it. True. Like we've seen that. It's boring. That's what Batman is. We're good. Basically. We're good. It's just another superhero in a different <laughs> color. <laughs> Very true. All right, so what else do we have on the table? Um, well, Black Panther is out, DVD. And when you thought no one bought DVDs, well, we were wrong because <laughs> Walmart has been selling out of this damn movie. There are pictures and memes all over the place showing that all the empty stations, um, even Best Buy has been selling out. So... And the funny thing is, Black Panther is still in the theaters. Exactly. <laughs> like, I, I want to go see it again, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, you know, I yeah. It's like one of those things, it's like, what are you doing today? You know what? I'm going to see Black Panther again. It's like that type of thing. Right. But yeah, it's uh-huh. selling out. It is selling out. Um, and, you know, they were laughing at the fact you go to Walmart, there's just empty stations. Um, I went to Target um, the other, I went to Target last night, actually. And they had there was three. And the and the guy said he was like, I've been stocking this. He said I've been stocking this for the last five hours. And I was like, Oh. And maybe because in my area of, of North Hollywood it's mostly black and Latino, but it has been 
but the target I, that I go to is mostly a lot, a lot of Latino in there. But uh, apparently, everybody's buying this movie, so he's like, for the last five hours, he's been stocking it. He said he just quit because it hasn't been doing these. I'm gonna let it just sit out for a while, and maybe I restock it. And that was at eight, so I think he's gonna. He said he was gonna restock it back at maybe tomorrow and or whatever. But yeah, Black Panther is selling out. And Black Dollar. Yeah, that's true. And still, um, in a, uh, I almost said inofficial. Um, what's that word? Uh, Infinity got Infinity uh, War is still selling out in the theater. We just saw it again Friday. Um, actually, we saw it and Jude Law was there. Really? Yes. Oh, well, yeah, go to the arc light. <laughs> you know, I was on it's. <laughs> Girl, you know I'm going nowhere else. So yeah, I went there, and um, he was standing right. He was right there in line, um, right next to me. He he looks really good though. I've always thought he looked good, he especially does. in um, the talented Mr. Ripley. Yeah, yeah, but he looks really good. Like I looked at him, and he he was just having he had, was there with his son and his family. Um, uh, very very lively. I would have been messy. <laughs> well, I was you know I was trying. Well, I was there then. Um, my friend was getting stuff, so I was standing in the back and I was watching. You know, I was like, oh, "Look at him! He was in sweats, uh, really cute in sweats." All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, okay, I'm done playing. I'm playing. Yeah, I see. You got all caught up. So, right? Uh, Is he tall? No, no. He's well. He's a little bit taller than me, so I want to say he's like five nine. Okay, so he's tall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bitch, I'm like 5'4". Oh, well, I'm 5'7". So, <laughs> but no, he's, it was, like I said, he was really cute. Um, just, you know, chilling and watching. And we set two rows behind him. Um, mm-hmm. So it was really nice. And I was, like, thinking while he's watching two of his co-stars, he's watching Gwyneth Patro from that movie, um, Talented Mr. Ripley. And yeah, then he was annoying watching, in there as well. Yeah, and then watching um, um, JDR. Um and they, and, you know, I mean, R, RJR. Anyway. I'm like, who? <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. He's, you know, they and, uh, what's that? Um, Sherlock together, I believe. Oh, they are. So I was like, he's watching both his co-stars right now. Um, so, yeah, that was cool. But yeah, that movie is still making money, too. And it's really fascinating when you think about how, you know, Kevin Feige is probably just sitting there like. <laughs> I, made, I made this. I oh, know. You is my sons. I know, just raining in money, cause he's like, just like Black Panther's still making money. What you call it is breaking. You know, they both in the in the both in the mil, in the billions already, already there. And you think about it, it's been within two months, almost, almost two months. It came out. No. Yeah, like, it hasn't even been a, a full month. Yeah, with that movie, and then back in February with uh. Um, Black, Black Panther. Panther. So I'm just like, you've been rolling in money from since February all the way, <laughs> and then they have um, Ant Man and Wasp. So yeah, I know DC just sitting there just steaming, <laughs> just steaming. I mean, like that could have been you. Could have yep. been you. It could. It still could be because you know they they next round could be the best round. So I you, yeah I think that. I know we're going off topic mm-hmm. per usual, but mm-hmm. I think they're starting to click that they need to get some heavy hitters in there, mm-hmm. not just directors, but writers and actors to make sure everything 
connects and congeals and makes sense. Yeah. That's but true. They got to win. They got to want to win, too. I can't win it for them. That's true. But, yeah, overall, Black Panther is doing good in DVD sales. Walmart, um, Target, even Best Buy are getting hit. Um, so that's a good thing. I'm very happy about that. Um, so we'll move on to Mr. Our, or, you know, our, our, our boyfriend, Remy or Remy, uh, and, um, the brand new biopic, the uh, Queen biopic or Freddie Mercury biopic, biopic, um, Bohemian Rhapsody, that teaser trailer came out. And what did you think when you saw it? Okay. So some <laughs> of y'all gonna hate me. Uh-oh. I'm not a fan of Queen. Okay, well, that's fair. I thought Bohemian Rhapsody is annoyingly long, and I'm like, this ain't for me. Uh, now, having said <laughs> that, I mean, the movie looks all right. It feel, it looks like it's more about the band than Freddie Mercury's life. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is like, okay, cool. And, uh, Rami looks awesome as Freddie Mercury. However, I, I read somewhere, like when this was initially announced, they said that they weren't going to include uh, Freddie's uh, age status. Hmm. So I'm like, okay, so if that's not the case, if you're not going to include that, which was a big part of his life, then why even bother with the movie? It's not factual. Yeah. And it was because it was like what he went through kicked off a, lo- a lot when it came to activism, um, as well as just the overall, you know, attention to HIV and AIDS. So he exactly. he plays a big role in that. And I made the assumption that you think Rami is cute. I don't know if you think he's cute or not. Uh, he is. He's very adorable with those yeah. those eyes, though. Those look deep into your soul eyes. <laughs> Get in trouble with. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, but I also heard that if you saw the trailer, it was he was really around women, and I wonder if they would touch on his sexuality. Um, I feel like they have to. If they do not, this movie is a fail. But they have to do that. But like you, I've always I like some of Queen stuff. Bohemian Rhapsody. It was it's a song that. Personally, I don't own <laughs> or I don't play. Now, y'all gonna really talk about me because there was a re a, a, a reboot, not a reboot, but somebody did it in the 90s. And it was these two white girls, but it was kind of hip-hop-ish. It was for the movie High School. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, I can't remember their name. I'm, I'm gonna post it. Um, but I like their version better. And nobody likes that but me. Nobody likes that for me, but I love that. I love their version, but yeah, I'm like you. It's the song was too long, and I was like, okay, I kind of, I'm kind of lost. I kind of lost with it. But they have other songs that are good. They do, and I just, uh, and plus, uh, Brian Singer is one of the directors, so mm. already, I'm like, oh, well, because you know they had that. Uh, that big falling out on set. Like, yeah. he was throwing shit at uh, Rami and yeah. whatnot, and missing shoots. So, I'm like, you want me to like this? 
Yeah, and I remember, yeah, we were mad because, you know, we were like, what are you doing? And he got fired from for, because of that because he disappeared. And we were like, why is he still working? At one uh. point, they kept him on staff. We were like, okay, why is he still working? Um, But, yeah, uh, this movie is coming out. It could be good. It could be bad. Um, Hopefully, it is good, and hopefully they do talk about the sexuality. If not, as I, as I said, food is a bust. But, you know, if it's if they do not really address his HIV status, then... Keep it. <laughs> because it's very important. That's very important for, to, for us to kind of talk about. We need to keep that in the forefront because that became a part of his legacy. You know, not in a, uh-huh. not like a negative sense, but just a part of how the word was getting out and how it affected people that we cared about or people that we looked up to, so... Just saying. Right. I don't I don't think we can understand unless we actually lived it the whole AIDS epidemic in the eighties. Mm-hmm. You know, we we're fortunate enough to be at a place now that people are living with the disease and whatnot. But back then mm-hmm. you got it and five days later you were dead. Yeah, it was a death sentence. It was a death sentence. And so we're glad that it has changed to where it's not really an issue. And I just found out. Okay, so the cover I was talking about is by The Braids. <laughs> that was the name. Um, and so if you want to look, you know, ever look up The Braids and Bohemian Rhapsody, look at it. And you can you can judge me until the cows come home. But that's my favorite version. So I'll post it and I'll take the heat myself. <laughs> yeah. You know me. The Braids. That's what that was her name. What else do we have here? Well, we also now know that two movies that we will be seeing and reviewing are getting good reviews. So, um, Solo, I think it has 74% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, Somewhere in the 70s with that, but it's been doing pretty good. There was someone who didn't care for it at LA Times, um, but okay. But it seems to be getting a lot of good reviews. Um, and Deadpool has got a lot of great reviews. And that comes out this Friday. Um, so we'll be, we'll be talking about those movies. But it's nice to know they got good reviews. Uh, I'm really interested to see how Deadpool pulls off. Uh, they said it's better than the first. So that should be fun to see. And it has, has, our, it has our bay in it, you know. Playing, oh, that man. Playing Shadow yes. Star. Yeah. Anywho, <laughs> I just dozed off for a second. My bad. <laughs> does he do? Does he really? Yeah, he does that. He does that for you. He uh, does. He looks good with this, even with the red weave and this little ponytail. It's like, okay, this works. Right, Lewis with the yaki. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, and he's identified as an alien in this movie. So you know, I'm interested to see how they're gonna really do this because it. I saw there's there's like a five minute clip that's already out. And it's it is it was funny. It was already really funny. So I'm glad it got good reviews. It's to me, it's the only successful X Men movie. When you think about oh. it, <laughs> no shade. No, that's that's plenty of shade. No full shade. Full, full shade. shade. Um, so you know we're gonna see it this weekend, and then we'll talk about it probably next week. We we have to talk about Deadpool because it's next week is gonna be something we're gonna focus on. And now let's just move on over to Drag Race because Drag Race. Has been yes, well, we've been slacking on that, and you know for obvious reasons, of course. Mm-hmm. 
So I'm gonna touch briefly on Snatch Game. Snatch Game was a mess. <laughs> uh, the only person that was good was Aquaria when she did Melania Trump. Everybody else was either meh or just terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and please, for the love of God, if they continue on the show, which I know they will, because it's already started filming mm-hmm. for the second, the uh, 11th season, please do not do Beyonce because none of you bitches can do Beyonce. Beyonce can't do Beyonce. Just leave her alone. Unless you from It's just text. like, it's a death sentence. Yeah. Like, just, oh. Anyway. So, this past episode, well, the most recent episode, they had to do a tribute to Cher. Uh-huh. Uh, the, I don't, I forgot what they called it, but whatever. And it was cute. So, uh, Cameron, Cameron Michaels was tasked with 60 share. Miss um, hmm. Cracker was, uh, did 90s, like the, the comeback share. Mm-hmm. Um, what is her name? Monet did 70s. Um, Vixen did 70s disco. Eureka did 80s, and Asia, Asia did movies, movie 80s, a share. Did I say Aquaria? Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. So, it was, you know, it was okay. They, they had to, uh, they had to sing live, and nobody in that group is a singer, except for maybe uh, Monet, and she, the only reason she's a singer is because she studied opera, and she's a baritone. Mm-hmm. Um, Overall, it was wasn't something that was oh my god that's gag worthy. It was okay. The main challenge, mm-hmm. uh, the mini challenge where Rue accidentally slapped the hell out of Asia, was funny. <laughs> like she, it looked like uh, Rue punched her. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, oh damn, bro. Uh, what else? The winner of the main challenge was. Cameron Michaels, which was a surprise, but I'm glad that she won. Uh, the bottom two were Asia and the Vixen, and the Vixen got sent home. Now, there was some issue with people complaining that Monet's uh, garb, because she wore Indian, well, Native American headpiece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that too. And everybody was like, oh, cultural appropriation, what are you doing, yada, yada, yada. But if you listen to the lyrics of the song, she was making fun of, she was talking about cultural appropriation Mm -hmm. and how ridiculous she looked wearing that. Yeah. So, you know, like, don't cry wolf, especially when it's right there to tell you that you're overreacting. And those of you who even know Cher's history... Cher is somewhat Native American. I can't remember how much, but she is somewhat Native American. That That is a fact. But she did a song called Half Breed talking about that. And she performed in that same headdress. Not the same one that was worn on her. But if, you, if y'all Google Half Breed Cher video, she's on a horse <laughs> with that singing that song from her show. So uh-huh. she's done that before. I mean, and again, she is. She has Native American blood in her, so she can do that. But at the same time, this was repeating 
her performance. It will be the same as if you repeated the performance of Madonna when she was on the the MTV Awards and she dressed up in Victorian garb to do Vogue. If you was going to do, you know, Madonna's history, you probably would be like, oh, remember when she did Vogue in that Victorian outfit? Then you might want to do that. So I didn't look at it as appropriation. I look at it like this was one of Cher's signature songs. This is what Cher wore in this, and you were doing that. But the fact that she did it differently to kind of, you know, to talk about appropriation, that's a whole different thing. But just keep in mind, you know, not saying that, oh, if somebody does this, you have to do it that way. No, but again, that was kind of a, a noteworthy performance from Cher when she did that song. Uh-huh. Um, overall, the episode was, it was just there. There wasn't any kind of moments or drama. So I'm glad that it's getting down to the, the nitty-gritty. Mm-hmm. Um, now, in the same vein, there was some drama at DragCon. Mm. So, Asia, Asia O'Hara had posted that she was going, she had posted all these pictures of all the girls, mm-hmm. all the girls of season 10, and she didn't have a picture of Eureka. Well, according to her, she went over there to Eureka's booth and was told that, oh, you can't take a picture with her, yada, 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 leave. And apparently... Eureka's staff told her this, not Eureka, hmm. uh, told her that you have to leave and didn't recognize her. Okay, they got staffs. Okay. <laughs> right. Now, Asia had cleared this up on a recent uh, Snapchat video uh, saying that it wasn't Eureka herself that said that I, she couldn't take a picture. It was her staff. I'm like, okay, whatever. Now, where it gets a little hazy is a lot of people that went to DragCon had posted something on Facebook saying that they were told that um, they had wore, somebody in particular wore like, I think it was a Trinity Taylor pin or button or whatever. And I was like, oh, because you're wearing that button, instead of $20 for a picture, it's going to cost you $40. (laughs) Yeah, so... Even if Asia and Eureka have put that issue aside, there's still that issue of somebody getting charged double for just a fucking picture. Mm-hmm. And, and there's real stars that don't charge that much. I'm, right. I'm just being real. Like, come on. Like, even if you're doing all this grand ass shit, let's keep in mind that you are a man, you are a full ass man in a dress. So let's not make it seem like you're curing cancer over here or you're talking about peace in the Middle East. You know, you're not doing anything that great. So just take the picture and be humble and be glad that you got people that are wanting to get your fucking autograph and your picture. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, this little thing you call a drag career can be up in a second. And then what do you got? <laughs> mm. So that's the little drama that I heard. Now, I'm sh- sure there was some other shit that happened, but I didn't get around to looking at that. And frankly, <laughs> who cares? True. Um, I, I do know that Katya explained why she took a break, which was 
you know, important. You know, she's trying to, you know, protect her health. And, you know, uh-huh. that's good because I think she was saying as Katya, she, uh, she was taking so much energy within people and not really protecting herself when she was doing that. And she, I guess, being empathic, because, you know, some people are empathic to her, you know, around other people. So I think um, she was saying that she needed that brick just to, you know, be, I've got her, the, the, the name that he, that he goes by when he's not kind of, but he was being himself. He's like, I just need to be me for a while. And he actually showed up at DragCon as himself versus coming on as Katya. So, you know, that's good that you take care of yourself to do so. But that's, and then I also heard, you know, there were people being a little rude because again, they, people like to be caught racist. Um, so I did hear there was a little bit of that, you know, for those who were trying to clown, not in her face, but Vixen, but just trying to, you know, say things like, well, of course, Vixen is just like, she needed to go home because she was just too mean. You don't really understand that struggle. And there's a lot with Vixen um, that if people take the time to understand not only just Vixen, but also the, the scene in Chicago itself. Um, understanding, the scene in drag yeah. itself. More. It's a little bit different. It's very different for the girls. Like if you are a person of color, doing this is way different than you if you're doing it as a as a white person. Uh, and also just the background history and how things happen. It's everybody has a different story. But I really encourage people to you know actually look into the history of drag, but also look at you know the different places. Kentucky drag is different than Texas drag. Texas drag is different than New York drag. The experiences are way different. And so if the girls, if you feel like they're just too mean to come in, you don't understand. Not everybody's coming in from sunny California. Because I feel like when you do drag here, it's all, you know, sunshine and lollipops versus if you're somewhere where it's like you can literally die, you know, just coming out of the house uh, and what have you. So it's a whole different thing. And I think people need to understand drag in all spaces. It's not as super glamorous as, as TV makes it to be um so really think about that you know if you want check out viceland has their um show that's really i i like to call it the new paris is burning but they they kind of address a lot of those things um Uh my house or in my house or whatever the name of it is but it talks about some of those issues that some of them go through um and it's based with the new york queens so just you know just kind of you know check that out but yeah it's the racism that's been coming out of Drag Race lately has been really sad. It just highlights what's one of the many issues with the LGBT community. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. And, you know, I would love if we... This is really wishful thinking. But if Rue ever decided, let's do a show to talk about that, that would be... Who knows? <laughs> I don't think Rue could host it. I think it has to be somebody outside of it to host it. But, you know, I think about Drag Race itself. The people behind it is very questionable. I mean, they had Lucian there for, for a while when he was doing his racist rants. Uh-huh. And I, is he still on staff? Well, I mean, I, I don't. Last time, after that little Rue was the best kind of nigger stuff, uh, I don't, I haven't heard from him. Lord. I mean... <laughs> That I feel like overall that crew is problematic, and I think that if we kind of go, if we dug deep enough, um, like Stormy Daniels' attorney, we might learn a lot about how Drag Race is just. You, you know, know, Michael Avenatti on. You know, he 
That fine ass man. I bet he got a big dick. <laughs> and mm. I bet he got a big one and can fight. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you took me out with that. But that man, it's so funny. This man came out of nowhere. We jumping off topic. This man came out of nowhere and just literally have just cracked the wall. We are now at the point where we can. It could be him that'd be the reason why Trump is out of office. And then, he can represent me anytime. Well, he can, yeah. No, he can. I'm being a hussy out here, y'all. I do apologize. Yeah, you are, but that's okay. But you know, that's fine. It's good to be like that. Be like that every once in a while. But no, but if y'all look at his tweets, he'd be start. He'd be starting stuff. He he'll say stuff like, "You said you were gonna do this. Well, I'm right here. Say something today." I'm like, "Just like, sir, you were just." He's ready to he fight. about that life. He is about that he life. He is about that life. He's ready to fight every day. Ready to fight every day. But anyway, um, so that's Drag Race. And we hope that there's been some good articles about Drag Race, too. So if y'all get a chance, check out uh, Matthew Rodriguez has written a great article about Drag Race. There's another one that came out that you posted um, about Drag Race and what the problem is with the show. Oh, um, uh, yeah. Mainly about RuPaul by uh, uh, Phelan uh, Fairchild. It's up on our uh, Twitter. Yeah. So there, there is a lot that we need to look into. Um, let's see. We have a few more things. Um, we're going to get into the, Mar- the Walmart leak. But I want to hit these last two pieces in our queer gay world. There's just been a couple of messes out there. So we had recently on Twitter someone tried, tried to tell everybody who didn't have a 32-inch waist. They couldn't wear florals. He got dragged all Sunday and Monday. Uh, and continue to do. And yes, and still getting dragged and then act like, you know, why y'all attacking me? Um, y'all can wear whatever you want to wear. I don't know who he is. Now, if y'all look at him, he looks like the Scarecrow from The Wiz. <gasps> so I don't know why he had the audacity to try to talk about anybody when he his beard looks crusty and like it holds the secrets to all everything down in um, <laughs> Foggy Bottom or whatever it is where Spongebob comes from, saggy bottom. <laughs> he, uh-huh. he just looks a mess. I'm like, you had no right to talk. Also, um, Hornet, another gay website, wrote an interesting article about Karamo Brown and his partner, who was white. They got engaged, but the article talked about <laughs> how this was um, a much-needed you know, you know, visibility for much-needed um, look at interracial interracial relationships as if there are not any in the gay community the funny thing is when you look at a lot of famous black gay men they're mostly with white men or not other black men um, so that writer got dragged it was a white writer who said that we need to talk about interracial relationships we like sir that's no, we all, don't. Like, no, we don't. That's that's how it always been. In fact, when you watch TV, if Brooklyn Nine Nine, um, the the cop, the 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 chief of police, he's black and his partner's white. Every time you look, I mean, we're not shading it because we we've had white partners. Um, you have currently. a white partner, and I did, and so, um, so yeah. But to, to say that we it's a much needed conversation is a lie. <laughs> also, let me also add on to that by saying a lot of you niggas are saying oh that you can't speak about it because you're with a white man be that as it may 
just because I'm with a white man doesn't mean that I can't talk about issues pertaining to uh, queer black people. Yes. Where did this... Where I need to know where this mentality come from. Now, I kind of saw this the other day. I tweeted something and someone said, well, that's, oh, there was this picture um, that an artist did and I posted that. Um, I can't think of his name right now, but he's from Canada. A black artist did an interesting picture where it's a, it's a bunch of white bearded gay men and there's a black man in the middle looking kind of sad. Um, and he said, well, that's because all of y'all want, you know, white dick and, but you know, but you won't go for black. And, there's this this mentality out there that that the reason why this is happening is because we don't want black men. Now, granted, there are some who don't want black men who are black. That's true. But y'all act like everywhere is Atlanta and everywhere right. is Mississippi. That's not the case. We, trust me, I'm in Los Angeles. Trust me. It is a struggle to want to date, if I want to date a black man, that is a struggle to do that because to to find one I, I, I think I said it on the show before I, I remember being if I looked at when I was on the apps it could be 40 men on there 10 of them are black who hits me up white men none of the black men would hit me up at all so I'm basing it from my experience yes I so I own that but I'm just saying it is not as simple as y'all think and not everywhere is Atlanta Trust me, not everywhere is Atlanta. So y'all need to quit thinking this, that, you know, black men are just easy to get. That's, it's not. It's just, uh, I, I really hate that. That really pisses me off. Like somehow just because I'm dating a white man, that invalidates my blackness. Like, yeah. come on now, don't do all that. That's true. And they do that to your straight men too. They was doing that. Now, granted, he said some stuff that's questionable, um, Donald Glover, but they were saying, how can he talk about that when his, I think his wife or partner, she's not, she's not black. We're still black, regardless of who we with. <laughs> we still go through the same things, regardless if we with the white person or not. Now, I have, I will say that, yeah, if you date a white person, let them do all the booking of Airbnbs and all that stuff, but because so <laughs> I recommend you do that, but, um, but what I'm just saying is, you can't you can't invalidate us because we because we're dating somebody white. We're still black. We still have those experiences. And so for those of you gay men, black gay men who think that if we dated white men, we can't speak on that. It's ridiculous. We still can and we still do. Um, I mean, congratulations to Cuomo and his partner. That's fine. But please, if y'all write any more articles about interracial relationships, realize that is kind of the status quo. If they do anything on television, it's always interracial. You rarely see two black men as a couple or, or two black women as a couple. The issue I have with Cuomo, okay, he can date whoever he wants, whatever. Yes. That's not the issue. Mm-hmm. The problem is um, he... Like Lee Daniels, like RuPaul, they feel like if it's too many of black gay men, that they're somehow taken away from what they already have. And you know that there's a picture of Karamo. He says uh, he has this shirt that says nigger, nigga, and then it says neither. Mm-hmm. I'm like, girl, okay, we know that you're one of the good boys, you're one of the good colors. And like you just don't have to do all that. Yeah, I mean, it's just yeah. It, it, it it's funny because it's you know it's always different types of us, different experiences that we've all had. 
I just feel like that, I mean, being older, you know, being an elder, I feel like that I can't, I can wear a shirt like that, but I can't, but the, but the truth is I will still be looked at as either one of the two. I will still be considered that to many other people. I will still be treated like that within the gay community. Um, so I have to, ex- I accept that. I don't like that, but that is what it is. I'm still black regardless of what I think. And I will still be treated as a black person in America. I'll be treated that way. I mean, that's just a hard, sad truth. But I'm not going to sit up here. I'm not going to sit up here and try to be the how do I say it? I'm not going to sit up here and chastise us, one. But I'm not going to sit up here and try to tell... Because one of the things I notice he's, that sometimes he tries to do is tell how we should be. And uh-huh. that's not going to always be the case if you don't have the access or you don't have the experiences. Not everybody has a master's degree. I understand that. I do, but not everybody has one. But I'm not going to sit up here and tell everybody, like, this is what you have to do to be successful. Or, this is what you have to do to be an acceptable black that it's going to be different for everybody. Uh-huh. So, you know, I, uh, it, it's interesting though, because I feel like when that article came out, it brought up a lot of different conversations. It, it's, a lot of it had to do with him. A lot of it had to do with interracial relationships, but it, it, it is kind of interesting how we're still in this space where we are not, it comes down to, we're still dealing with how, who we date, who we love and, does that validate us when it comes to our sexuality as well as our race? And that's a little sad sometimes. Right. I know one thing. I'm not buying anything <laughs> on his Amazon uh, wedding registry. What? Sure. Well, I'm not has... getting that, mo- that little boy nothing. He has a registry on what you call I'm kidding. I'm just oh. playing. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, because you know porn stars do that. Um, <laughs> people buy that stuff too. Um, all right, so Walmart, Walmart has a leak. Yes, Ugh, Walmart being messy. <laughs> so E three is coming up, and it's basically the entertainment expo for developers to show off the upcoming games. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, a tipster that goes by the name of Wario sixty four saw that Walmart Canada had listed a lot of the unconfirmed games that were going to be at E3. Mm -hmm. Uh, Games like uh, Gears of War 5, Borderlands 3, Rage 2, um, possibly uh, another Assassin's Creed game. And some of these have been turned up to be true, uh, such as Rage 2. It was announced, officially announced a couple of, few days ago Mm -hmm. uh, with the trailer. But this details, like, a lot of publishers might have an issue with this. They might not even sell their video games to Walmart hmm. if leaks like these continue to happen. And if leaks like these do continue to happen and these publishers pull those games from Walmart, well, you know, the regular old kid that only has a Walmart to go to hmm. might not be able to get that game. That sucks. Uh, yeah, so it was very messy to what they did. Uh, now, like I said, we don't know if all of these are true. Uh, some of the names were even spelled wrong um, when it was leaked. I don't know if that was on purpose or it was just a spelling error. 
But we'll see if the list that was leaked proves to be 100% correct hmm. here in a few weeks since uh, E3 is coming up. Hmm. That's, yeah, you're right, because I think Walmart is, for a lot of places, um, that's it. Because, you know, I come from places, you know, I'm, I came from Tennessee and Kentucky. A lot of places don't have Target. Walmart is the only place. And they may still have a GameStop. But if this happens, dang. Right. But then you go into people, you know, stealing or going online to, you know, find. That makes it worse. <laughs> it makes it worse. It wow. does. Wow. Mm. You know, sadly, and don't laugh at me, y'all. I just found out that Yoshi is not a duck. Now, hold the hell. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all, because we're going to have to do this. When did you ever think that Yoshi was a motherfucking duck? I did. Okay, so my students just dragged me because they were talking about, they were doing something and they was playing, talking about the, some Mario game. And I was like, Mario's still around? And I was like, they was like, yeah, I was like, I mean, I mean, I know he does Mario Kart. He's still doing stuff, and they was like, yeah. I was like, when they said, when's the last game you played? I said, Donkey Kong. They said, okay. I said, no, I played the Super Mario Brothers with my sisters way back. And they was like, that's the last game you played. I said, sure, and it was, and I was like, yeah. Right now he has, um, it's him and his brother and then his pet duck, and they was like duck. So they dragged me. Not only did they drag me, but they put it all up on their um, their group chat that I didn't know anything about Yoshi. So let's see. You you had that coming. I'm I'm just gonna put that out there. That Mario has been out for too damn long for you to be thinking that Yoshi, that green dinosaur, was a duck. I thought it was a duck because it's because I thought he was a Pokemon, and I got it all mixed up because there's, there's a okay. duck on Pokemon. You know what? <laughs> I'm not doing this with you tonight. What do we have anything else on the tea? The only thing is, y'all saw that picture of, of the Young Justice Outsiders is coming. Uh, that is, you know, that's all we know. Um, a little bit different than what we're used to, but um, that is coming, and that will be, that's the that's the third season, I guess. Uh, yeah. And we also found out that Donna Troy will be in the Titans TV show, who is the original one, the girl, the only one, the girl that I actually recognize. I don't really care for Cassie, but... She's coming. But yes, sadly, I did think Yoshi was a duck. And I was corrected because I did mix up Pokemon and that game. And my students just looked at me Girl, like... getting all your metaphors mixed up. They just looked at me like, you need help. Security. <laughs> that's, what, that's what one of them did. He was like, okay. He was like, he just had that look like, okay. And they sent me pictures of Yoshi. They they kind of flooded my email with pictures of Yoshi. So that was the reality I had to face. <laughs> well, you know what? On that note, let's clean up these uh, teacups, get you together, and let's take a break. <laughs> All right, y'all, we are back, and we are here for a king-size issue. What we're going to talk about today is kind of, we kind of mentioned it before in the past, but we're going to really get into um, just 
a little bit about Comicsgate and just how that has become kind of the thorn side of the comic industry, but how it came to a halt this past weekend um, when kind of one of their biggest leaders um, got really humbled um, and basically learned the Spider-Man, you know, mantra, with great power comes great responsibility. So we'll kind of get into this. And I'm sure some of you have already heard of this, but I'll give you a little bit of a background with Comicsgate. So Comicsgate is basically a bunch of, and it seems a bunch of men, mostly, mostly a lot of white men who feels that comics are going to um, social justice E, if you want to say that. Um, they always scream about justice justice uh, social justice warriors and how comics have never been political now if you follow us on twitter we have we have, we have a strip to prove that comics has always been um political um from the 50s all the way up in fact you can look at there are several um clips that was just uh, superman talking about how it's important to respect all different races and backgrounds and wonder woman many of her comics was basically pro woman and all about you know uplifting women and what have you um even down to if green arrow and green lantern where they were confronted about you know they are protecting aliens but not protecting the black people within the country that they serve you know they've been doing you know it's, it's been political i mean you x-men for god's sake is nothing but a political comic but apparently to these people they have always felt that comics has never been political and they need to stay white male and full of tits and ass so um what happened with Comicsgate is it kind of stemmed from a group of women who were working for marvel and they all went out for milkshakes and they kind of posted it on twitter um just saying hey we're going out for milkshakes and you know it's funny because at one part we were some of us was kind of you know dragging them due to the fact there's only one black girl in this group but Comicsgate, these men dragged it for them being you know like yeah, a bunch of women. They the one changing comics around. They're making sure that it's so diverse and all women. And not just that, one of the writers of Mockingbird, which is now canceled, sadly. Um, one of the comics, um, I think one of the covers was like, Ask Me About My Feminist Agenda, was also attacked. And that writer was attacked and to the point that she left Twitter um, because of just uh, the way they were attacking her. And so basically this all began from one person in particular, and his name is Richard Mayer. So Richard Mayer is kind of this, um, he is a vet. He used to be in the army way back in the 2000s. Um, he served in Iraq and Afghanistan, and now he works in IT. But he also was kind of the person that kind of started the attacks on many different people, especially um, people of color who are like the writers or people of color and women. So he has started a Twitter handle called diversity and comics, <laughs> believe it or not, um, <laughs> to where he, oxymoron. yeah. So he uses this to kind of go and attack, um, people who are trade, you know, creating comics that have gay characters or people of color or women are in charge. He attacked Marvel for having, you know, a female door or, or having, you know, like, why you have all these women, you know, running the comics, or why, you know, it's so much focus on characters we don't care about. Yeah, as you remember, you know, Marvel did go a little bit more diverse when they did have more of their characters of color at the forefront. He was not a fan of Ironheart, really wasn't a fan of, 
you know, Miss Marvel and what have you, and attacked many of them. In fact, he went after Tanahashi Coates. He called him a race hustler. Um, and talk about Magdalene of Vilio, who is, is that a, anything like a cattle hustler? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, talked about Madeline uh, Vizio, and I'm saying your last name, so I apologize. She's a trans woman who have worked on, you know, the comic world, and she has done a, I think it was Cat and Kim. Um, it was for Black Mass Comics, and it was about a trans woman, and I think a queer woman who was kind of like, you know, space, kind of like Han Solo, but two women, basically. Um, and said that this was a man in a wig. Tweeted this. Um, now, Richard has also has a, a YouTube channel that is private. So you can't see it unless you subscribe to it, which is interesting. Um, but on there, he does a lot of rants about comics and how, again, it's too diverse and why we're doing this. He has a fan base. Um, and it's a serious fan base. Sadly, these people will harass other people, and they have. They have harassed people. As I said before, they chased different writers and people off Twitter. They will harass anyone in his name. So not so long ago. Um, so he's been working on a, a graphic novel. It's called Jawbreakers. Um, and so he, it's, it's, it's a very male-oriented story. In fact, if you can, you can go on Indiegogo if you want to look at some of the pages where it's very, you know, I'm a man and we can fight. But then the women in there, there's a woman of color who's wearing very scantily clad clothing. Like you can see her nipples and it's, it's a mess. It's like basically the 90s version of comics all over again. So he raised over $200,000 to get this comic made. Um, and it was going to be, um, it was going to be, actually published through a comic company. It's like a smaller comic company called Arctic Press. Um, and they were going to do it. So this past Friday at 8.14, <laughs> they said, with you know, they let him know they were going to publish his comic in September. Um, he was very excited. Again, he has all this money raised. His fans were happy. Um, but um, what happened was, because he's pissed off so many people in the comic industry, um, Mark Wade, who has written for DC and Marvel, um, did put in a call to them about it, but they didn't really talk to him. He just left a message. But on Saturday night, less than 24 hours later, they put out a message on their Facebook page um, saying that we will not be publishing this, <laughs> this comment. Um, well. and they have kind of came aware of his past because he's a serial harasser. And, you know, I get it. You know, this is a smaller press company. And they want to do right by the industry. You know what I'm saying? Like, think about it. If you're a smaller place, you try to get your name out there and get your brand together, the last thing you want is to hear to publish some bigoted racist person in their comic. So they said no. Um, and so basically, um, Richard was humbled to hell. Like, he was humble as, as F, basically, and tweeted about, like, yeah, I, we lost and, you know, the social justice warriors won and then all of a sudden his fans try to go after Mark Raid or what have you, even try to go after the Arctic Press Company and they put out a post saying that no, they, they was not really, um, they wasn't really, you know, swayed by that, by Mark Wade, they were swayed by the fact of his business. So I'm telling y'all all this today is because it was very interesting to look at how in some ways comics is going this route that we, we talked about where drag race is going down this racist route, but it was very fascinating to see 
you know, this man kind of pay for his for his actions, basically. He was held accountable for it. And I am very, you know, just to think about it, I, I, I kind of want to know where did these people come from in the sense of where they all of a sudden believe that comics was never political? I don't know where the hell did they come from that they didn't think comics were not political. There's covers of Superman beating up Nazis. So the whole, uh, it's just where, where's this thinking coming from? Mm -hmm. And comics gate is similar to what happened in game, gamers gate. Yeah. You have a bunch of these cis straight white guys that feel that these people, uh, a, these people being people of diverse backgrounds wanting equality, they feel like they are somehow saying that we want your place. We want everything that's yours and you be reduced down to nothing. Mm -hmm. That's what they feel like. Something, something is attacking their whole livelihood and that's not the case. It, these kind of people and they're in so many different industries, not just the video game industry, not just the comic book industry, but they're everywhere. It's like a fucking virus. Yeah. And until we actually get down to the root cause, it's going to be another gamerscape. It's going to be another comicscape. It's going to be another some kind of movement to get these people the fuck up out of here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's funny because I'm sitting here going, this is comics. And comic books are fantasy, but they take you outside of the reality. We are in space. We are in a different dimension. We're in different worlds. We're different races. We're mutants. We are metahumans. We are people who are not the average. So you don't, ex I don't expect anyone to, you know, always be, you know, to be white for God's sake. You can't be in a world of comics and just be white people only. Not when you're dealing with the Shi'ar or you're dealing with the new gods. Or you're dealing with, you know, these different types of beings from all over the place. Now, granted, they have been drawn as white, but as we are developing and moving and growing as a, you know, overall, we're going global and changing and all that greatness, it's going to be things to reflect the times. It's going to be more people of color. It's going to be queer people who are heroes. I, I guess I'm struggling with why is it that they can't move past that? They are willing to accept the fact that a dragon can talk and a troll can be taller than a regular person and they can accept the fact that, you know, there is a upside down, but they cannot accept the fact that there could be a queer hero. There could be a woman who leads a team. There could be, which is funny because Storm has been leading the X-Men since 1980. But apparently that, you know, again, a woman leading is too much. Um, I don't know what has happened to where they have gotten to this place, but I think what I feel that it is, is they no longer feel that they can be heroes. That they are the only heroes. It comes back to the overall that white men feel threatened that they're being erased. And I think when they turn to comics, they still want to see Superman. But the fact that they know that Superman is working with Cyborg or working with Black Lightning scares them because eventually Black Lightning may lead to Justice League. Wonder Woman may lead to Justice League. Um, it may not be their phase. Um, you know, Bruce can be black. Bruce can die and it can be a black man who may take his role. 
Um, so I think they are really afraid that, you know, and that they're losing all grips of being, you know, the face of hope and dreams. They feel like oh, a black woman, a, a Muslim, a, a lesbian or a queer person, an omnisexual, whatever, is this, is the hero now? I think they really, they're afraid that they're losing that, that grip of that. And that scares the hell out of them. It's just like, I don't understand how you can have this kind of mindset and live in the world that we live in. Yeah. When there are so many diverse people. Yeah. And you see it more and more on television. You see it more and more in the entertainment industry. It's like, why? You don't have to be this loud and wrong. Yeah. You know, like you choose to be this loud and wrong. You don't have to. Yeah. But they, it's this whole ideology that they're coming there and them being the other people. They're coming for what they think is rightfully theirs. Now, we can keep it a whole buck yeah. and go all the way back to where white folks came over to this land and killed all the natives. We can keep it a buck and go there, yeah. but... And let's not get it twisted either that Superman is basically an illegal immigrant. Yeah. So you saying that he's like this poster boy or this poster child of everything that you like and this alt-right world that you live in. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, girl, the jig's on you. Yeah. And what's fascinating is the way they attack. They attack so... You know, so it's it sounds insecure when they attack, because they're attacking people when they talk like, well, the way, well, the way they attack women writers or like Gail Simone or anyone like that, they just they go after them in such a childish way, um, and they kind of reveal that they're not really true comic fans. You know, like I feel like true comic fans know that that comics are meant to challenge the norm. That was the goal of comics in a lot of ways, to challenge the norm, to, to kind of get you to step out of your comfort zones and see things differently. Um, you think about Gene Roddenberry when he did um, you know, Star Trek. His goal was to make us see a future where things are not what is what's being reflected at, at that time, which is why we had Nichelle Nichols um, as a crew member and then as you watched the cartoon she was actually leading the crew at one point you know it was that's what it's all about fantasy is for us to see something that we may not ever could imagine and the fact that these people are just up in arms and attacking people and you know feeling so threatened by this is ridiculous like I, I just don't understand their point and you know thinking about Richard with him leading his comics and diversity or whatever the, the hash, his Twitter handle is I feel like they missed a the point that instead of you know joining with the rest of us and kind of moving along with the change in times they want to stay in this horrible protective space of where again as we as you were saying and as I was saying it's just white is right and they f- cannot see beyond that or they want to complain about that or it has to be a man who leads the team um, they also got mad at Scarlett. Um, Scarlett, if y'all know, she's a member of G.I. Joe. Um, I think she was leading, in one of the recent comics, she was leading, you know, the team. And made a big deal about that. I'm like, come on. You know, it's, it's, it's just very fascinating to see how they are 
very behind the times, but sadly, there's a whole lot of them who have made it their job to harass, threaten, um, and to be a thorn in people's sides because they refuse to grow up and see the reality that we're changing. And at this time, like, get right or get left behind because you are really not needed. Mm-hmm. We gonna get our piece of the pie regardless. So you can either share or you can have none. Yeah. Now, I want to share a little bit about Richard Mayer because... Again, this is somebody, he is funded by many people who believe him. Let me just read a little bit what he gets. So this hoe is on Patreon. So he gets up to a thousand to almost a thousand, almost twelve hundred a month due to his 299 patrons. That's one. Um, His YouTube subscribers has went up to... Um, almost, almost, he's, he's past half. So he gets like almost, um, 63,000 subscribers on his YouTube channel. Um, again, as I told you before, he raised, um, almost, uh, $250,000 for his, um, graphic novel. Um, actually more than that, almost $300,000 total. He has a following. So the the, the, the craziness is there's a lot of people out there who uh, who wants to hear this trash, but they will continue to fight back against that. And I feel like what we have to do, especially those who love comics, who love video games, we have to keep creating and supporting people who are giving us the content that are, you know, showcasing people of color, showcasing people with disabilities, showcasing people who are, you know, queer. We have to continue that because we don't want I don't want them to win, but we don't want them to scare people from actually taking comics and taking games to the next level. That's how it should always be. And we have to be out here supporting quality stuff, not just everybody's stuff, but quality stuff. But we have to make sure that we are promoting the right stuff, but also making sure that that the people feel supported. Because, again, if they are chasing folks off the social media then we're not we're not doing our part to make sure they feel like they can that they have a voice but also feeling protected as well exactly and it's not going to stop until we all have to join in you know yeah. it can't not just be the the work of black women or queer women or yeah. this type of people you know it has to be everybody yeah so yeah, and you bring up a good point. It can't be just black women always saving the day. It cannot be. We all have to stand up there. And and luckily people did, which is why he's not getting his comic made now. He did mention that they're going to start their own publishing company. I mean, the whole raise to over almost $300,000. So they can literally just print their own comic. But the interesting thing is that the retailers will not take it. And that's a good place to be. Because with them not taking it, they're putting a stance out there that we will not accept work from a racist, a bigot, a sexist person. Um, and that's a good place to be. But he will not be the only one. There will be more. And so I just hope that we are ready to deal with this comics gate. But I also really hope that as a community who loves this stuff, that we, I kind of want them, I kind of want us to educate them, but we don't have that type of time. But the same way, I really want us to put up the stance that we wouldn't, you know, 
this we're not going to take it. We're not going to allow you to try to keep us back 40 years. We're going to move forward, and you can either just step aside or get stepped on. Exactly. All right. And I'll be wearing my... Uh... My roach killers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you know, it's just interesting. And, you know, if y'all, I'm not saying follow him, but if y'all want to take, just go look him up. Diversity in Comics on Twitter. Just look at the stuff he's done. There's a lot of articles out there. Um, Daily, We kind of posted this already. Daily Beast did a great article on BuzzFeed. has talked about him. Um, a lot of the comic places have kind of touched on it. But get a chance to look at, just first go look at his comic because it's very... It's, it's it's something. And then also, kind of, you know, look at these stories because these people are atrocious. And I think it's important for us to shine a light on it because we do, these are kind of our villains when it comes to, you know, inclusion in comics. Um, inclusion in our, in the, in the overall geek genre, uh, genre. These are our enemies. So we do need to shine a light on this. And, you know, hopefully... You know, even though we've been, we were kind of rambling with all this, that you kind of check it out and kind of see what was, you know, the overall story, but kind of see what they are doing and then combat it. It's fun to do, you know, if you like to go against trolls every once in a while. But yeah, go out there because there's going to be more comics that's going to feature more people of color. Hell, they're about to introduce Miss Marvel to the MCU. So you know how that's going to be. So, because she's Muslim and you know how people feel. Uh, uh-huh. So, you know, please check out more information about Comicsgate. It's a lot to look at. Um, but we just wanted to kind of touch bases on it today so you kind of have an idea that, we, you know, we, we're not having it and we put them on notice. Right. It's basically a representation of what's going on in our society, especially now. Yes. Right. Because everybody, you know, we've seen a, the countless articles and videos and memes of people calling the police on us, people being racist at, you know, saying, you're a Muslim, get out of my country. You're, you know, you're speaking, you're not speaking English, get out of my country. This is... This yeah, is, you're speaking Spanish yeah. when I'm a lawyer that actually is fluent in Spanish, but I'm asleep. Yeah. Like, get the fuck out of here. Right. And you're right. We're seeing a reflection of that. And not just, especially in our comics, especially in our genre, which it should not ever be. So, you know, hopefully this will kind of, I don't know if it will ever fade away, but it's just interesting how because of who's in the office now, this we have seen a flood of this big time. Very much so. Well, I guess that is it. We kind of, you know, scratched the surface with Comicscape, but, you know, I'm glad we talked about it. <laughs> right, I am too. And like always, you all can follow us on Twitter. The podcast is at Megashine Pod. I'm at Porter Pizzazz. Victor's at Wonderman5. You can go to our website, MegashinePod.com. You can like us on Facebook at Megashine Pod. We're on Instagram at The Megashine. The, you can listen to us, rate, subscribe, like. Like us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher. Um, let's see. Anything else before we get up out of here? Um, no. Um, that's pretty much it. You know, talk to us. We're here. So if you want to send us messages, do that, please. And shout out to all the dudes that are wearing floral that have a waist bigger than 32. 
Yep, please do. In fact, show your pictures. Let everybody see how cute you are in your outfits. Right. <laughs> Very much so. Well, let's get up on out of here. Yep, let's get out of here. See y'all next week.